in the Ramla sub-district that makes up over 70 villages and cities. Ramla Nalid. 100,000 people were displaced and 10 massacres occurred. In Nazareth and Nasira, five villages, five cities, 9,000 people displaced, one massacre. Repeat after this, please. From Palestine to Mexico, border walls have to go. From Palestine to Mexico, border walls have got to go. Please, if you had your statement. Hello, I'm trying uh, to just recite some lines actually to be concise and right to the point. This is going to be the intro of my coming up book. Really. Even though our clay is made from our land, they want us to strand. They want to destroy our yesterday, and they still occupy, kill, and bind us today. They hold us accountable for their melancholy, even worse. They take revenge by causing us an ongoing catastrophe. They are changing our demography, our topography. Yes, they plundered our history, time, and place, but we will never surrender our place. Thank you. In the Jerusalem sub-district that makes up some 70 villages and cities, 98,000 people were displaced and three massacres. And in the Safad sub-district, which made up over 60 villages and cities, 60,000 people displaced and 10 massacres. Repeat. From Portland to Gaza, globalize the Intifada. From Portland to Gaza, globalize the Intifada. We've got a speaker from Jerusalem who would like to speak. My family right now lives in East Jerusalem, and um, my, the speaker who spoke in Arabic actually said some of the 
The speaker who spoke in Arabic said some of the things that I was intending to talk about. Um, I don't have a speech prepared. Uh, I just have a few things. Um, I'm, I moved here nine years ago, and um, the first thing I knew uh, was that the topic of Palestine outside of uh, my door, outside of my home, was a taboo here in the U.S. And I just want to say that this brings me so, so much life to see all of you right now. And... I also want you to know that each and every single one of you that is posting one single post that is speaking the truth is more important than you can ever, ever imagine. Those of you who are following the live feed, who, those who are following Instagram and who are following what's going on will know that every single person who is right now speaking up, they're not the politicians, they're actually Palestinian, Arab, Palestinian and Arab and social media influencers on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube. They are the ones that literally brought this to all of us to hear. So, one of the things that have been happening and that will happen and is happening right now is there's gonna be a huge media blackout that's already started. Their Instagram is taking down posts. It takes down live feeds as they are coming out. They, you will literally see them fall like from Instagram. The people who are raising the banner and, and, and saying that things are happening like these are the reason you hear and see about what's going on the videos the all of this started because pe people reached out to people on social media and every person in gaza is literally literally sacrificing their life to bring you that picture i cannot If you're not gonna share, just bear witness. Just go and open that feed and look at what's happening because I cannot believe that people died and got shot while I was watching them. I cannot believe that the difference between my brother in Jerusalem being dragged out of his car and the person he filmed was a road. That's it. My brother yesterday filmed people attacking a car and the soldier who looked at him almost threw a grenade at him. He kept, like, and then he filmed a person that was being arrested. Again, that's in my neighborhood. <laughs> that's literally in my neighborhood. Um, I said that on, I said that a couple of times before, but one of the main things, you, well, okay, sorry, I'm, I'm very nervous, so. Um, 
I'm gonna, I asked the, um, a person in the DSA, I'm gonna be sharing with them accounts of people who are on the ground from Sheikh Jarrah, from Gaza, from Jerusalem, from Haifa, Akkalid, like everybody that I know, I will be sharing them. Watch, share, like get smarter like we're trying to get smarter. One of the things you can do is if you see a video, save it, save it. Like not only like it and share it, save it before it gets taken down. They are, the word Israel is a flag for Instagram. There are words, the word resistance in Arabic. They are literally taking down accounts of the person who started the hashtag Save Sheikh Jarrah. Any post that I post for her will be, like you guys will see it as a sensitive content even if she has a heart in it. That's what's happening. There's, so social media, like the people in Palestine, literally, like I'm watching the feeds and they say, this, this is what's bringing them life. We have no army, we have no police, we have nothing, we have literally soldiers and the police, like having the settlers be the first line so that they don't look back to the media. So like in Yaffa, a family got burnt last night. They threw Molotov cocktails in their home. Like I, I, I'm, I'm speechless. Like, so please just share it on your Facebook, share it on Twitter, like keep, Keep this alive because soon enough, because you hear what the governments are saying, you hear what they are doing, nothing. So please, we're alive because y'all are alive with us. Watch, share, and speak up, just speak up. This is the time to speak up for us and for all of humanity. In the Tiberias subdistrict that includes the Galilee, 30,000 people were displaced in five massacres. From Iraq to Palestine, occupation is a crime. From Iraq to Palestine, occupation is a crime. Speaker Leila. Um, this is amazing. This is really, really, truly incredible. For all of us that have been speaking out about Palestine, that have seen our families arrested, murdered, displaced, it's, it's great that people are finally standing up against this injustice. We can't do this alone, so... I thank you. I thank you for being here. As you heard, there are parallels between all of our stories. My family, <laughs> my family is also from El Abbasiye, as Hanna also spoke about earlier today. My great-grandfather and my great-grandmother were displaced from their homes. My grandparents were displaced from their homes. The ones that they lived on for, lived in for hundreds and hundreds of years. 
They tilled the land for hundreds and hundreds of years. They have had lives and families raised in these lands and to be illegally evicted and displaced from their homes <laughs> over and over. My great-grandmother still owns the deed, still has the deeds and the keys to her home in Al Abbasiyah, which is now an Israeli town called Al Hudiyah. There are no Palestinians that live there. My great-grandmother cannot return even though she is the legal owner of her home. She has been through four major wars. She has lived through occupation. And I pray, I pray that in her lifetime, Palestine will be free. I see the devastation of the Nakba every day. I see it in my family living in a refugee camp in Amman. I see it in my grandmother's struggle to survive in a refugee camp in Jalazon near Ramallah. I see it in my family who are no longer afraid of the nightly raids that the Israelis undertake. They throw grenades into the neighbors' houses. They arrest people. I, and they make fun of me for being afraid when I'm there. They say, how can you be afraid? This happens every day. That is startling in and of itself. That is a horrifying thing to normalize. That your sons could be arrested. That your house could be, have grenades thrown into it. <laughs> the fact that they are normalized to that is what's really, really startling. We are a fragmented group. You see that in Gaza, where they cannot enter or leave because of the Israeli siege. You see that in the West Bank, where they need permits to travel throughout the occupied territories. When my cousin was arrested, my family couldn't go visit him because they couldn't obtain the proper permits. He was arrested for two years, and they couldn't see him. It's much easier to control us now that we are scattered across the world. There are seven million Palestinians living in the diaspora. That's seven million people that are denied the right to return to their homeland. This is all a direct result of the Nakba. This is all a direct result of the illegal establishment of Israel in Palestine. This is the Nakba. Every single bombardment, every single arrest, every single murder and eviction that is because of Israel's establishment. So where do we go from here? You hear these stories, you see the parallels. I just, I hope that you can ask yourself these questions. How have you all, generalizing here, but how have you all stayed silent for the 73 plus years that the Nakba has been going on? How has Israel and the U.S. been so successful in their campaign to dehumanize Palestinians to the point that it is, their killing is justified? We have seen the same cycle happen for 73 years. The same cycle of violence has happened over and over and over. We see it in America as well with black Americans being shot in the street. This has to end. 73 years is too long. 100 years is too long. I am 
in a weird way, I'm privileged to live in the diaspora. Yes, that means I'm disconnected from my home, but that also means that I am not living under occupation and constant aggression. And because of that, it is my responsibility to educate people. It's my responsibility to my great-grandmother, to my grandfather, to my dad, to my aunts, my uncles, my cousins. It is my responsibility, and I know that a lot of other Palestinian Americans feel the same way. But that makes us easy targets. That means that if we are the only ones educating people about Palestine, that we will be blacklisted. We will be put on the Canary Mission. We will not be allowed back in to the West Bank to see our family. That's why you all have to speak up. This can't fall on Palestinians anymore. Make it impossible for the US and Israel to silence us. No longer can we be reactive. We can't wait for these events to happen and then respond. We need to be proactive in our actions. Enough with justice postponed. We demand justice for Palestine. We demand justice for black Americans. We demand justice for the indigenous populations all across the world that are subject to ethnic cleansing. End the ongoing American imperial project in Latin America, in the Middle East, in Africa. This is a political crisis that we're in and it demands political solution. End the Nakba, end catastrophe for Palestinians. This cannot go on. Boycott Israeli products, divest from Israeli institutions and sanction Israel. Palestine will not and cannot be free in isolation. We need you all. Thank you. And lastly, on the list of the sub-districts, we're not done yet, we have a lot of speakers. In Tulkaram district, 17 villages, 20,000 people displaced, and a recorded massacre. That's 804,000 people that were displaced between 1947 and 1949. I wish I could say all the names of the villages that make up the over 400 villages, but that was just a summation of them. Repeat. Netanyahu, you can't hide. We charge you with genocide. Netanyahu, you can't hide. We charge you with genocide. Free, free Palestine. Free, free Palestine. Free, free Palestine. Our next speaker, please, Libya. All right, we're gonna do a new chant, so wait for me to tell you the whole thing and then join in, okay? It goes, no to annexation, no to occupation, yes to liberation, bring the whole thing down. No to annexation, no to occupation, yes to liberation, bring the whole thing down. No to annexation, no to occupation, yes to liberation, bring the whole thing down. Thank you. 
Birth of America. I am also the North America coordinator for the BDS movement. Um, and I'll talk about that in a second. So we're here today to listen to stories of the Nakba, the catastrophe, which we know uh, is ongoing. The ethnic cleansing of Palestine has never ended. Um, I want to tell you some things you can do about it. Um, how many of you are here at an action for Palestine for the first time ever? Can I see some hands? Amazing. Welcome. Thank you for being here. I think it's really great that there are so many people out here today. There are so many actions happening today across the United States. Uh, we have statements of solidarity from celebrities and politicians like never before. Our own Bosnian beast, Yusuf Nurkic, Portland Trailblazer, spoke out for Palestine. Thank you, Nurkic. Uh, but we also need more than just statements of solidarity. And actually, we need to put our solidarity into action. Um, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. So BDS, for those who don't know, stands for Boycott, Divestment, and Sanctions. It's a call from Palestinian civil society. Palestinians got together in Palestine in 2005 um, to issue this call for the international community. The BDS call is modeled off the South African anti-apartheid movement, and Palestinians are calling on us as the international community uh, to boycott, divest from, and sanction Israel until Israel complies with international law by meeting three demands. Number one is ending the occupation and dismantling the illegal apartheid wall. Number two is full equality for Palestinian citizens of Israel. And number three is the right of return for Palestinian refugees. So these are the demands of the BDS call, and you can think of it like a picket line. For those of us who are familiar with the labor movement, uh, we would never cross a picket line if workers there were on strike, you know, until their demands were met. Um, and you can think of BDS the same way. We don't cross the picket line. Uh, why BDS is important is because it can take us from sympathy to action. It's very easy to say we sympathize with the Palestinian cause, we're in solidarity with the Palestinian cause, but there is something you can actually do, and that's ending the complicity of our government and institutions right here at home. Uh, the United States gives $4 billion a year in military funding to Israel, no strings attached. Yes, and, and people say the BDS movement singles out Israel, which is like, yes, of course, because it's a call from Palestinians, like why, why would they not be uh, calling on people to boycott Israel, um, but the United States is actually the one singling out Israel by giving them $4 billion a year in unconditional funding. Um, so one way we can engage in BDS is to end this funding. So I want to give you all a link. You can either write it down, remember it. Um, it is bit slash ly bit.ly, um, sorry, bit.ly slash rise up with Palestine, and the first letters of those words are capitalized bit.ly slash rise up with Palestine. Um, that will take you to an action page where you can urge our members of Congress to end US military funding to Israel. Um, and we can shout out Representative Earl Blumenauer who signed on to Betty McCollum's legislation which will condition some funding um, to Israel. So thank you, Earl. But he can be pushed a lot further to actually end US military funding to Israel. Um, and the rest of our congressional delegation here needs a huge push because a lot of them continue to demonize Palestinians and BDS, and they need to hear from you all because you elected them, they are supposed to represent us, and we do not want them to use our tax dollars on ethnic cleansing of Palestinians. At the city level here in Portland, our city has a $10 million contract with G4S for security guards right there at City Hall. Um, G4S was recently just bought by Allied Universal, which um, 
G4S has a terrible reputation. They're complicit in a wide array of human rights violations all over the world, including detainment and transportation of undocumented immigrants here in the United States. Um, and they used to do a, a lot of really messed up stuff in Palestine. They used to help run prisons and the military checkpoints uh, and the apartheid wall. They actually got out of most of that thanks to BDS pressure, um, but they still partially own and operate the Israeli National Police Academy. So all the videos that are being shared right now of Israeli police and the Israeli border police throwing grenades into Palestinian homes, repressing protesters, uh, protecting and encouraging settler violence, those police were trained at the G4S Police Academy, which is the same G4S that our tax dollars here in Portland pay to be at City Hall. Uh, so this is a demand that we can win locally to get our city to stop contracting with G4S. Um, and there's actually a group of us who's working on uh, a procurement policy to prevent the city from contracting with corporations who commit human rights abuses in Palestine and all over the world, like G4S. So email me at olivia at bdsmovement.net if you want to get involved in that, because that is a demand we can win right here in Portland. Um, another action we can take right here in Portland is ending the deadly exchange. The deadly exchange is a term uh, coined by Jewish Voice for Peace that describes police exchanges between United States police forces and Israeli police and military. Our own former police chief, Danielle Outlaw, I don't know who remembers her, <laughs> uh, she went on one of these exchange trips. Uh, and I don't know if you've seen what she's up to in Philly right now, but it involves a lot of tear gas. Uh, American police have always been brutal and racist, we know that, so, so I don't want to you know, feed into the trope that these trainings are causing American police to be brutal and racist because they were brutal and racist long before Israel existed. But it does escalate and train the, in them in certain tactics of surveillance, of racial profiling, of, of crowd control, of treating an entire civilian population as enemy combatants. That is what they're learning. These trainings are billed as counter-terror trainings, uh, and those of us in the Arab and Muslim communities know what counter-terror means. Uh, it means surveil and, and violate our rights and brutalize us. Uh, so U.S. police learn these tactics from Israeli police and then come here and use them right here on our streets, especially at protests. And on these trips, they actually visit the Israeli National Police Academy that is owned and operated by G4S. Uh, so it is all connected. Uh, the Deadly Exchange is a BDS campaign we can take up in Portland. Um, Durham, North Carolina, had their city council passed a resolution to end these exchanges. Charlottesville, Virginia just passed a resolution to end these exchanges. And so there is no reason why we can't pass the same sort of resolution in Portland. There are a lot of other examples of BDS campaigns. I could talk about this for hours, but I, I will spare you. Um, you can take them up in your university, your union, your church. Pillsbury is a target right now because they make Pillsbury products in the Adara Industrial Zone, which is an illegal settlement. Uh, even members of the Pillsbury family have recently joined the call to boycott Pillsbury, which is incredible. Um, union members have divested their locals from complicit companies and Israeli bonds. Dock workers in San Francisco in the past have taken direct action by refusing to unload Israeli ships. Dock workers in Italy just yesterday actually refused to load weapons onto a ship that was headed to Israel. So one more thing I'll say about BDS is that like so many movements for justice, collective action is so much more powerful than individual action. I see a lot of these lists going around that are like, you know, a list of 100, 200 companies to boycott. And yes, I, that's fine. I personally don't buy any Israeli products and, and products from companies who are complicit in Israel. 
But, but more powerful than that is joining a collective action, picking a target and winning a boycott or a divestment campaign on an organizational or institutional level and holding our elected officials accountable with our tax dollars. Those of us who have been doing BDS work, and especially Palestinians, uh, are used to being attacked and blacklisted and demonized. And whether you're Palestinian, whether you've been doing this work for a while, or you're just now learning about Palestine, I know that it's easy to feel overwhelmed and frozen right now. Uh, but the tide is shifting so rapidly, the time to act is now. It is no longer possible to excuse apartheid and occupation. It is no longer possible for our elected leaders to quietly continue to fund ethnic cleansing. It is no longer possible to call yourself a progressive and defend an apartheid regime. And it is on all of us to help bring the whole thing down. No to annexation! No to occupation! Yes to liberation! Bring the whole thing down! No to annexation! No to occupation! Yes to liberation! Bring the whole thing down! No to annexation! No to occupation! Yes to liberation! Bring the whole thing down! Thank you! Again? Again, who just said, again, start it. Allahu Akbar! Takbir! Takbir! We, in the interest of the battery of our speaker, I'm gonna stop talking very much. Next speaker, Sidin. Sidin. My name is Celine. I was born in a small village next to Haifa. My dad's family is from the 48 lands, a town next to Milfahim, Bak al sharing a wall with Bak al in the West Bank. My maternal grandfather, also from Bak al was forced to live in the West Bank, and he moved to Bak al and because of that, his land was taken from him by the Israeli government within the Arab 48. To ensure the land wasn't lost to strangers, my family bought it. They bought their land back. But Israel killed my grandfather. Israel killed him. I have never met him. Do not forget about us. I am tired of seeing Arab Israeli on my passport. I want to see Palestinian from Palestine. We are here, we are proud. We come from Amul Fahim, we come from Ramallah, we come from Haifa, we come from Gaza, we come from Sheikh Jarrah, we come from every single corner. We come from stolen land. They hurt our families, they hurt our friends. Why are you blaming us for defending ourselves? Why are you blaming us for being mad? America, stand up. 
I want my Palestinian friends who have never seen Palestine to see their land. I want to see Palestine liberated in 2022. I am tired of me and my people begging for you to hear us. I have friends in Haifa who are sitting in their apartments, scared. I have cousins who are being shot at and arrested. Free Palestine, free all Palestinian prisoners. Give back all occupied land to Palestine, Syria, and Lebanon. Our next speaker is Lema. Lema, please. Hello, everyone. This is Lema speaking. I'll keep this short and brief. I am a Palestinian refugee from Beersheba, South Palestine. Even though I was born and raised in Gaza, I was talking to my friends the other day and I was telling them how maybe when you move from Gaza to any part of the world, maybe you're going to be less anxious or less stressed when you like see attacks on Palestine because you're not maybe physically there. But in fact, you get, you get more anxious, you get more stressed, because for myself, I still have all my friends, my mom, my dad, my two little sisters, my brother, who are living right now in Gaza. My, also, my grandfather, who was 19 years old when he was kicked out of a Jemassine village next to Yaffa on the Mediterranean. My grandfather is older than the so-called state of Israel. My grandfather is 92, he's alive, he still tells his story until this day. I'll tell you guys a little story. On July 27th, 2014, I still remember this day because we had to leave our house and go to my uncle's house. We thought it might be a little safer. At 2 a.m. in the morning, we heard a huge explosion. We couldn't see anything because there was no electricity. Uh, and the next day, we found out that it was their neighbor's house. Um, at 2 a.m., we couldn't go back to sleep. And then we remembered it was my little sister's birthday. We went to the kitchen, we made her a small cake and some popcorn because we wanted her to remember that day. Only that day from the 53 days attack that happened in Palestine. We wanted that day to stick in her mind only. A few days ago, she's now 11, and I have a little, a, another little sister who's 15. I called them a few nights ago. And I was like, hey, what are you guys doing? They were like, oh, we're doing some face masks tomorrow's Eid. I was, I was about to burst into tears, but then I was like, what in the resilience is that? People who don't know if they're going to live until the next day are just trying to celebrate and live. They just want to be happy. When we go out to chant a protest, we say free Palestine because that's, I'm sorry, because that's what we want to see. When they go out to protest, they say death to Arabs. If that doesn't tell you much about who's the oppressed and who's the oppressor, I don't know what else can. I know you guys are not waiting for someone to thank you for being here, but I do want to show my appreciation to everybody who showed up. Because right now, you're standing with Palestine, you're standing with Palestinians against colonial, colonialism, against land theft, against apartheid, against the genocide that's happening right now as we speak. 
Thank you guys for being here. Keep talking about it. Keep educating everybody around you. If a word does not change anything, they wouldn't have killed Ghassan Kanafani or Najil Ali. Please keep talking about it. Share it. Thank you so much. All right. And our last speaker before we have some of the... We're going to have some music going down. So, uh, Sara O. Sara O. President Joe Biden came out and spoke about the vaccine a few days ago. He was completely going to ignore what's happening in Palestine, and the only sentence he says that Israel has the right to defend themselves. He was not going to address this until someone in the audience asked him, what about, what, what about Israel? What is happening in Israel right now? He just said that Israel has the right to defend themselves. Denying the massive killings, denying the uh, uh, violent dispossession, denying the, the bombs uh, in Gaza, and people in Gaza right now, they declared emergency. They don't have clean water, no medical assistance of any form, nothing. He didn't mention the violent dispossessions of the family in Jerusalem, nothing about the uh, Al-Aqsa Mosque. Nothing. And yes, I'm not expecting much of a Biden administration, but there's something we can do. The least we can do is boycott Israel. Yes. We can support the BDS movement. Yes. Trust me, there's, there's way many alternatives that, uh, out there of, of those products that we use on our daily. There's so many alternatives. You can guys look it up. And there's this poem that um, is written by Rafif Ziadeh. She's a, a, a Palestinian-Canadian poet of human rights and activist. She wrote this beautiful poem, and I would like to share it with you guys. اسمحوا لي أن أتكلم لسان العربي قبل أن يحتلوا لغتي أيضاً. Allow me to speak my Arab tongue before they occupy my language as well. Allow me to speak my mother tongue before they colonize her memory as well. I am an Arab woman of color and we come in all shades of anger. All my grandfather ever wanted to do was wake up at dawn and watch my grandmother kneel and pray in a village hidden between Yaffa and Haifa. My mother was born under an olive tree on a soil they say is no longer mine. But I will cross their barriers, their checkpoints, and their dumb apartheid walls and return to my homeland. I'm an Arab woman of color and we come in all shades of anger. And did you hear my sister screaming yesterday as she gave birth at a checkpoint with Israeli soldiers looking between her legs for their next demographic threat? Her, called her baby girl Janine. And did you hear Amni Mona screaming behind their prison bars as they tear gassed her cell? We are returning to Palestine. I'm an Arab woman of color. And we come in all shades of anger. But you tell me this womb inside of me will only bring your next terrorist? Beard wearing, gun waving, towel head, sad nigger? You tell me. 
children out to die, but those are your copters and your F-16s in our sky. And let's talk about this terrorism business for a second. Wasn't it the CIA that killed Alente and Lumumba? And who trained Osama in the first place? My grandparents. My grandparents didn't run around like clowns with white capes and white hoods on their heads lynching black people. I'm an Arab woman of color and become an all shades of anger. So who is that woman screaming in a demonstration? Sorry, should I not scream? I forgot to be your every orientalist dream. Genie in a bottle, belly dancer, hair and gore, soft-spoken Arab woman. Yes, master, no master. Thank you for the peanut butter sandwich is raining down on us from your F-16 master. Yes, my liberators are here to kill my children and call them collateral damage. I am an Arab woman of color and become in all shades of anger. So let me just tell you, this womb inside of me will only bring you your next rebel. She will have a rock in one hand and a Palestinian flag in the other. She will have a rock in one hand and a Palestinian flag in the other. I'm an Arab woman of color and we come in all shades of anger, so beware. Beware my anger. Not a penny, not a dollar. We will not pay for any, any of this slaughter. Not a penny, not a dollar. No more. Thank you. Free Palestine. Today you heard about the numbers of our loss, but more importantly, you heard from Palestinians who shared their truth with you. I want you to think about how every one of those over 800,000 Palestinians that were displaced or murdered in 1948, every one of the ones displaced or murdered before 1948, and every one of the millions of Palestinians that exist in Palestine today and are facing displacement or violence are Palestinians like the ones standing before you. We are not just numbers, and we are definitely not a side in a conflict. We are a people with an extraordinarily long and rich connection to the land, an indigenous connection of ancestral wisdom and tradition and historical continuity that have been brutally oppressed and subject to a program of erasure. We are an ancient people who continue to experience ethnic cleansing so that a manufactured state can exist and carry out contemporary imperialism. A state that's existential fabric is occupation. An ongoing occupation that is being resisted in every corner of Palestine. Palestine will be liberated from within by Palestinians who by any means necessary. 
Palestine can only be liberated from within. And the occupation state can only be deflated from without. It is our obligation to starve the occupation of its imperialist capitalist fuel. You have one action that is in your hands. If you wish to support Palestinians to be free, then do your part, the part only you can do from here. Boycott the financial backers of the criminalist Zionist occupation. Force the divestment on a local and national level from the financial backers of the criminalist Zionist occupation. Demand sanctions against the criminalist Zionist occupation and the criminals who collaborate with it. It is only when we isolate the criminal Zionist occupation state, when we remove the basis of its unchecked and disproportionate power, will we see Palestine be free. Do not be fooled by the language of sides and conflicts. The Palestinian people, without an army, has resisted the occupation at the hands of the world's most advanced and financially supported militant abusers on the planet for over a hundred years. The only thing they want and need is for you to stop supporting their abuser to simply withhold the dollar so that they can hold on to their land and their homes and their lives. Thank you to everybody. The speaking program is over. If you so feel motivated to donate some money, if you had any food, it is going directly to a family in Gaza who lost their entire livelihood, home, building, and it's gonna be a pool of funding to help other people get back on their feet and distribute in the community. Some, some, some people here are going to be putting some music on, I hope. Thank you for coming through. Talk to your fellow Palestinians and people in the crowd. Thank you so much.